Hello, I'm Ronnie Lutz. This is The Liner Project. All right, all right, all right. We are here for the actual first episode, episode 101, season one, episode one. This podcast does come with a little warning. There will be some cursing in this episode. It's in the song itself, and I believe that it has to be said. Uh, kind of makes the whole song what it is. I will probably play that part of the song, and I will also repeat that. It is not one of the, quote, bad curse words, but it is a curse word, and it will be said more than once in this, and I will make a point using it. Just as a warning, wanted to throw that out there. Second thing, I wanted to talk about some feedback I've got. I got a ton of it, and I just want to thank all those people that sent me feed, sent me feedback in all the different ways that you can get to me. It was fantastic. I was pretty impressed. I wasn't really expecting any kind of feedback at all, and I got a lot. I also got my first real podcast review, so I wanted to talk about that for a little bit. It is from I, Sarah the Queen. That's what she goes by on Twitter, and it's also what she goes by in the podcast review. And her review said the title was very enjoyable. It says, as a music nerd, I love this kind of information. Ronnie expresses his interest of love in the topic so clearly. It's enjoyable to listen. Can't wait for more. Hoping some of my favorite bands make the cut one day. I don't know what Sarah's favorite bands are, but we'll see. Hopefully, they will someday make the cuts. That was fun, and I appreciate it, Sarah. I've kind of known Sarah for a decent amount of time. She was on social media for a long time. I've known her, but I do appreciate that she took the time to review the podcast. And if anyone else would like to do that, that would be fantastic. One of the reasons why I was kind of surprised by the amount of feedback I got was that I honestly, <laughs> being kind of new to this, I didn't realize that I had to submit the podcast personally the first time. I kind of thought that when it went in, <laughs> when it went into the website, because see, I'm not very smart. I, well, here's the process. I record it. I send it to Scott Wilsey. Scott Wilsey does some kind of black magic that I don't understand, puts it on the website. And I thought that when it went onto the website, it sort of made its way all around. Well, it doesn't do that. I released on Thursday and I think on Friday or Saturday, maybe Friday, Vic told me, he said, hey, did you submit that to, I to iTunes or Apple Podcasts? And I said, no, I thought it did that on purpose. I thought it did it on its own. Well, unfortunately it doesn't. I had to do all that. I had to do that. And then finally I got it in, I don't know, maybe Saturday or Sunday. It actually got into the iTunes library. I think I'd already had three or four or five people hit me up with the homework answers from the last episode. So I was pretty impressed that that would be the case. I actually had 12 people got the homework right, which was impressive to me. Not that, eh, not that you can't Google it, but it does take time. I've listened to podcasts a lot and kind of doing something that requires me to go out of my way is something that I'm probably not going to spend the time doing, but I really do appreciate the 12 people they got it right. So we're going to be drawing their names or drawing a couple of names out of those 12 people. You'll be able to see me draw them on Instagram and TikTok. I'm going to do a video of them. And then those people will get a surprise from my wife and I. We'll be sending it in the mail. I tried to be pretty vague on the homework, but like I said, with Google or DuckDuckGo, it's kind of almost impossible to be too vague because you can kind of search anything. In the homework, I believe my first I wanted the name of the band, and I wanted the song. And I believe that I first was talking about the band just from Festus, Missouri. And I know the first person that got it right, Scott Higa, a friend of mine, I guess he searched Festus and bands and found the Bottle Rockets. The Bottle Rockets are the name of the band 
for this week's homework. The last part of the homework, the third part, was all about this episode is going to be about flag. In addition to the warning earlier about some cursing in this episode, this episode will probably delve into a little bit of some topical things that are going on right now about flags, specifically the Confederate flag. The name of the song is Wave That Flag. Hopefully, you've listened to it. If not, maybe you should pause this episode. There'll be a link in the show notes for Wave That Flag. Maybe you should listen to it because then you'll actually know the song. A little bit of background about the Bottle Rockets. When I was in college in the early 90s, mid-90s, I guess, I was going to Southeast Missouri State. I talked about Southeast Missouri State on the last podcast on a trailer. That's where I went to see Kiss at in 1990. A few years later, I was living in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and I was going to school for journalism. I was a journalist major. I worked for the local newspaper, not in Cape Girardeau, but in Sykeson, where I was right or where I went to high school at. I wrote sports for them. And on the side, because that was only kind of a part-time gig, on the side I worked in a nursing home. Nursing homes. Wow. I worked in the laundry of a nursing home, so it wasn't like I was always with the patients, although we did do their personal garments. We did wash them, and we had to hang them up in their rooms and such. So I did spend time with the patients of the nursing home, with the people that lived there. And it was one of those things that was highly rewarding and also kind of depressing, highly rewarding and depressing, because the people there really needed a lot of help. And, you know, the nurses, and they, they gave them the help. And even in laundry, I did a really I did a really important job because I washed all their clothes. But trust me, it was not a job that was very clean. And it was kind of on the basement floor, but it also had a door to the outside because the nursing home was kind of built on a hill. I would be down in the basement with no air conditioner, and this thing had three humongous washers and three humongous dryers. The only good part about it was I got to listen to music, so I got to listen to the radio all the time. So I heard this song quite frequently called Radar Gun, and I'm sure at the time in the early 90s that I knew it was the Bottle Rockets, but I'm not 100% positive, but I did know the song and I knew it very well. Fast forward to many years later, probably it would have been 2000 or 2001, my wife and I had met in Vegas, we got married, we went to Colorado. In Colorado, we were looking for places to buy CDs and to learn more about music. Fort Collins, specifically, had a place called ABCDs, and the guy that owned the place was Walt. Walt Warren, in fact. And, man, we became good friends. We would go down there all the time. We would ask Walt for music. He knew the kind of music we liked because we kind of liked this alt-country scene music, Bottle Rockets, Uncle Tupelo. He got us into Uncle Tupelo, and Uncle Tupelo is kind of the band that created the whole alt-country, roots rock, no depression. They'll show up more later, I can guarantee you that. But Brian Hinneman, the lead singer for the Bottle Rockets, played with Uncle Tupelo on one of their records, which was called March 16th to 20, 1992. Just a great record. And Brian Hinneman's on it, and one of the records that are CDs at that time, one of the CDs that Walt told us to pick up was called the Bottle Rockets and the Brooklyn Side. And it would have been the first time that we heard the Bottle Rockets other than when I was young and didn't or younger and didn't realize it. That album has a song called Wave That Flag. And when I heard this, it was amazing. The first lines of this song are Look here comes another one, four wheel drive. Look there in the window, man. Red, white, and blue flag, it ain't ours. The interesting thing here is Hinneman talks about a red, white, and blue flag, but it ain't ours, meaning that it's not the red, white, and blue 
Stars and Stripes. He calls it the Stars and Bars. I'm sure everyone has guessed what he's talking about because he's four-wheel drive, red, white, and blue flag. He's talking about the Confederate flag. But I'm sure what you're thinking right now is not the flag that he actually mentioned here because I believe he is misguided in the lyrics. He has said the Stars and Bars, which was the first Confederate flag, not the Confederate flag that you are thinking of. When you think Confederate flag, almost certainly you think of the flag that is mostly red with a blue X in the middle. That X is called the St. Andrew's Cross. St. Andrew was a person Andrew was a person that got crucified on a cross in the shape of an X. That's why that's called the St. Andrew's Cross. And in those in that blue cross, the blue St. Andrew's cross it has white stars that's what everybody thinks of when they think of the confederate flag today that was never a flag of the confederate states of america it was a battle flag of the army of northern virginia that is the army of also called the army of the potomac army of northern virginia that's the army of general robert e lee that flag would have flown over his troops when he was going to fight flag would have been square most battle flags are square not the rectangular flag that you know today. That flag actually never existed until later in the 20th century, in the early 20th century, that the, the rectangular Confederate flag, the battle flag, it was always square. Hinneman is talking about the flag, Confederate flag of the United States of America, but he's actually talking about the very first flag that, the Confederate, that flew over the Confederate States of America. That flag is called the Stars and Bars, and it was designed by a guy named Nicola Marshall, Who's a, who was a Prussian-American, and he took the Austrian flag. So you, you may or may not know what the Austrian flag is, but it's basically a three-striped flag, red on the top and bottom, with a white stripe in the middle, all the way down. So that's the, the Austrian flag. He added the blue, the box up in the upper corner, which is called the canton. In the left-hand corner, he added a blue box, and he added stars to it. The original Confederate States of America flag would have had seven stars, and as it grew... It made it to 13 stars. You may be asking yourself, did the CSA, which is, I'll call it the CSA from now on, Confederate States of America, did the CSA have 13 states? No, Ronnie, they didn't. The CSA only had 11 states. So why did they have 13 stars? Well, there were only 11 states that seceded. Seceded meaning left the Union, the United States of America. There were two states, however, that did have Confederate and Union governments. So although they never seceded, the CSA considered them part of the Confederacy and the Union considered them part of the Union. Those states were Kentucky and Missouri. So if a flag had 13 states, it is recognizing Kentucky and Missouri. If a flag only had 11, it is not recognizing those. One of the things about this flag that's interesting is as it would be waving over an army, right? So you would have the regular flag of the country and then you'd have the battle flag right both of those kind of flags would be flying what would it look like imagine it looks almost like the united states flag it really looks like the original u.s flag that had 13 stars but instead of having all the red and white stripes it only has two what two red and one white i mean imagine you would think that that's an american flag and that was Quite honestly, the big issue with it, it people didn't know who they were who they were going after, who they were fighting. It caused tons of confusion on the battlefield because of those similarities. So Hinneman refers to that flag, which is not the right flag, but it rhymes with uh, R, so he had to do that, I suppose. No one flies that flag anywhere. I would imagine that 
almost no one even knows what that flag is. The second flag that they had, so they had that flag from 1861 to 1863. They decided that, hey, it's not the right flag because it looks like the U.S. flag. We need a new flag. By 1863, the forces of the Army of Northern Virginia and under Robert E. Lee became pretty much the de facto army of the Confederacy. There were other armies. There were plenty of other generals, but that army that was in Northern Virginia, Maryland, all the way up to Pennsylvania and Gettysburg, that army was the main Confederate army. And their battle flag is the canonical Confederate flag that you see today. So that flag was famous in 1863, but they didn't just adopt that flag. They actually made an interesting choice. And as everything else with the Confederacy, probably dumb. So imagine a mostly white flag. So take the U.S. flag, take out all the red and white stripes, and that part's only white. Imagine that. Then in the top corner where the blue, where the blue is with the white stars, make that the canonical confederate flag that you've always known except for it's just a square like it was at the time you have the canonical confederate flag or the army of northern virginia flag in the top left corner and then the rest of the flag is white what do you what do you think happened with that flag you're carrying this flag onto the battlefield you got some flag bearer running out there with this flag i guess you'd probably think someone surrendered right because all you see is a white flag this banner was called, or this flag was called the Stainless Banner. That's its nickname. First one was Stars and Bars, second one Stainless Banner. This flag lasted for about two years, but it looked like a flag of surrender. They were like, well, we can't really have this flag because they, people think we're surrendering all the time. Maybe by the time they changed it in 1865, they were surrendering all the time. Maybe it was just easier to have a flag that already looked like that. I don't know. But they did adopt a third flag in 1865, March 4th of 1865. This flag would have only flown for a little while because by May 13th of 1865, Lee surrendered at Appomattox Courthouse and effectively the Civil War was over. There was some more battles, but effectively the Civil War was over on May 13th of 1865. The third flag that they did have that you probably won't find very much was actually called the Bloodstained Banner. So imagine they took the same flag that they just had, which was the almost entirely white flag with the canton of the Army of Northern Virginia battle flag in the top corner. And on the other side of the flag, just down the entire side, they put a red stripe. So they didn't really, they didn't do anything between the second and third flag, except for put a bright red stripe on the side. And that way that when you would be flying that flag, you wouldn't think that it was a surrender flag. Three flags of the CSA. That's kind of where they stopped that. There was no flags after that. The flag that you see today started out in the mid-20th century as kind of like a... It started with the, the Dixiecrats kind of re-energizing the Confederacy. They obviously couldn't use the original Confederate flag because that looked too much like the Stars and Stripes of the U.S. And the other ones didn't really look that good. So they created that the rectangular flag that you know today as a... Confederate flag. And then Brian Hinneman goes on to say, wave that flag, Hoss. Wave, wave it high. Do you know what it means? Do you know why? Maybe being a rebel ain't no big deal. But if somebody, somebody on your ass, your how would you feel? Very poignant line by Hinneman. This is the crux of the whole argument with the heritage versus hate argument. You'll find people that believe 
the Confederate flag is a flag of heritage, Southern heritage. And on the other side of that, you'll find people that say that the Confederate flag is a, a flag of hate. I'm, this part will be my opinion. The rest was all facts. There are three flags. The rest is my opinion. This is where you might find that you may disagree with me, and that's okay. Everyone has a right to disagree. I am of the opinion that the Army of Northern Virginia battle flag, the canonical Confederate flag that everyone flies at NASCAR and all those places, college football games prior to them being outlawed. I mean, we're in 2020 in Mississippi just now, got rid of their flag that had the Confederate battle flag as, as the Canton. Just in 2020, it just happened in June of this year. Georgia did it in 2003, 2001, 2003, somewhere around there. Georgia had it on the right-hand side of their flag. So this flag has been around a lot. It was flown under the state flag of South Carolina for many, many, many years. Is this a flag of heritage or is this a flag of hate? My opinion is it's a flag of hate, and I will explain why. Brian, well, actually, I'll just let Brian, Brian Hinneman say, explain it. If someone owned your ass, how would you feel about it? So this flag is flying over the Confederacy, over states that use slavery, believe in slavery, want to continue slavery. You can tell me, hey, Ronnie, but the Civil War was about states' rights. And guess what? You are right. The Civil War was about states' rights. But the Civil War was about states' rights to continue the practice of owning another human being. And owning another human being is hateful. And it doesn't matter what time period you're in. It's hateful. There's no other way to say that. You could say, well, they were a product of their time. But there were plenty of people at that time that had already seen that owning another human being was hateful. I mean, you can go back all the way to the Revolutionary War where you have some of the founding fathers like Alexander Hamilton and John Adams and John Quincy Adams fighting against slavery abolition at that time. This was not a new discovery that owning another human being was hateful. People knew it. The South could not have been as profitable as they were without slaves. They had to have slaves. To me, that means that it is a sign of hate. And I can't imagine that flag flying over anything without looking at it and saying, that's the flag of a country that was traitorous to the, to the United States of America. That is a treasonous flag based on the fact that they left, they left the Union. That is also a flag that wanted to facilitate the continuation of slavery that had already been going on in this country at that time for 240 plus years and wanted to continue that. That's a flag of a country that had 240 years of hate and wanted to continue it. Even though they weren't a country for 240 years, they were the, they were the continuation of that. And that's what they wanted. In the same manner that if today you flew a Nazi flag in Germany... It would be looked upon very badly because that is a flag of hate because they killed people. They killed Jewish people. They killed gypsies. They killed people that had differing opinions than they did. And there is no 
difference necessarily between killing people and owning another human being when you have the right to kill them as well. They didn't, the Confederacy didn't have camps full of black people that they killed, but they certainly could have, and it would have been just fine with them because they were considered property. They could do whatever they wanted, and that flag is a symbol of that part of the South. I grew up in Southeast Missouri. I went to school in Mississippi. There are plenty of things that you can be proud of in the South. The South is can, can be a good place. Most people are friendly. There is amazing food in the South. There are plenty of things that you can point, point your finger at Southern Heritage and say, that's great. You don't need the Confederate flag to say, that's my heritage. You don't need it. And the reason why is because empathetically, you aren't thinking of all of the people that it has affected in a way that you can't imagine because it didn't affect you that way. But it affected so many people. Millions and millions of people look at it and say, that hurts. Because it is a reminder of a time that wasn't good for them. It was horrible for them when their ancestors were owned, when their ancestors were treated no better than cattle, and that is a reminder of it. That does not mean that the Confederate flag does not have a place. It does. It belongs in museums. It belongs in places where people can go and study that. It belongs in books. It belongs where we can understand what it means and why we don't want to fly that flag. The reason a lot of people fly it is they simply don't understand what it is, what it means, and they haven't taken the time to think about it enough to understand that this causes a physical and an emotional pain to another human being based on what it stood for. That's my opinion on the Confederate flag. If you have different opinions, that's fine. Let me know. We can talk about it. All of the links to anywhere you can contact me are going to be in the show notes. We're going to talk about, now we're going to talk about the next episode, which will be coming up in two weeks, which will be another fun episode all about things that are going on that are topical today. So here are the three hints for next week. This one should be easy. Number one, the singer is from Canada. Number two, this episode will actually be about two songs. So you need to give me the singer and you need to find these two songs. And these two songs were instrumental in a southern rock band's anthem. That should make it easy. I hope so. I hope tons of people get the homework right. You can get a hold of me at Twitter, Instagram, at The Liner Project. Very easy. You can get a hold of me in my Slack. I would love for you to join the Slack. It's linked in the show notes. There are already a lot of people in there. The conversation's fun. We're going to have room for each episode so we can just talk about the episodes and just the general. We've been talking about Dylan in there. We've been talking about Taylor Swift's new album. We've been talking about just random stuff that doesn't have anything to do with music or history, but it's a fun time. So we already have close to 30 people in there. I would like to get many more people than that so that we can just continue the conversation in there. It makes it easy to have it all kind of contained in that one place. We have our homework for next week. I want to thank you again for listening to The Liner Project. I certainly hope today that you learned something that you didn't know. I hope you had a little fun, and we'll see you back uh, in a couple weeks for the next episode. Thank you.